0: Of flying serpents, or flying dragons, or or any kind of creature that flies through the air. Remember, some angels, a lot of them I would say, but not all, but some angels have wings. Okay? So God is saying to you, whenever you see a story in the Bible, think birds. And when you see birds, think of spirits. When the Holy Spirit descended down upon Jesus, a dove, right? Okay. Now, here's a second witness to it. It's the the parallel verse to this in the book of Mark. In Mark chapter 4, verse 4, and it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls in the air came and devoured it up. So, we have the same story, same idea Same language, the fowls of the air came and devoured up the word of God, the seed that was there. Down in verse 15 of the same chapter, Jesus then gives us the interpretation, but he uses a little bit different words. He says, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. So again, fowls of the air evil, evil devils, okay, evil angels, fallen angels, you want to call them that. Uh, Some people would say demons. That's not really in the Bible, but it's, I get what it means and it's not a bad idea, okay? But bottom line is, you have all these fowls of the air that come down and they, and they eat up the word of God. Why? Because they don't want anybody else to have it. They steal it away from people. It's like when you give a track to somebody, or or you uh, lay a track out for somebody to read, and somebody picks it up and throws it down. I ain't reading that garbage. Somebody else picks it up, and reads it and gets saved. The person who picked it up the first time and read it and threw it away. They've got devils that are telling them, don't read that stuff, that's garbage. That's that religious nut stuff that you've been running from all your life, keep running. And yet somebody else comes along and reads it and says, you know what, I wanna give my life to the Lord, okay? So anyway, we have an interpretation here and and actually we're gonna use it now to interpret something out of the book of Revelation. So the fowls of the air, they represent Evil angels, devils, unclean spirits, things like that. So let's read Revelation chapter 18. It's a description of Babylon the Great. In fact, we're going to deal with her quite a bit today. Uh, In Revelation 18, after these things, verse 1, I came down, uh, after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the Great is fallen. Is fallen. I always like the fact that he said it twice. And it's become here it is. Babylon is become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Bird. Now, is it really just a birdcage? By the way, there was a, a, a Broadway play, musical, called The Birdcage, or in French it was La Cage aux Foul. Pardon my French. But anyway, um, the, uh, the theater in Tombstone, Arizona, where Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday and the O.K. Corral and everything like that, the theater that was there in Tombstone was called the Birdcage Theater, okay? And let's just say that some of the uh, theatrics that went on uh, in that place were not quite, you know, rated G for kids, all right? Uh, But anyway, you get the point here. God is saying that wherever Babylon is, some people have Babylon limited to the Catholic Church. Well, there's no doubt that the Catholic Church qualifies here and that they definitely are a cage and a hold of all kinds of evil spirits. Uh, Some people say that it's America, Washington, D.C. There's no doubt in my mind that the Capitol building, Capitol Hill they call it, it's on a high place, the White House, the Pentagon, that these places are the cage of unclean birds, meaning spirits. But basically, Babylon is anywhere where these spirits, it's kind of like homing pigeons, they all know when to come back to home and they always seem to know where home is and so they come right back into their cage because that's the way god made them and so there's no doubt in my mind that babylon represents any kind i have two books in my bedside lieutenant the marine corps code of conduct and the king james bible Christian Lord, guide my hand against your Roman popery. They may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. We're on a mission from God. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Maybe we should chug on over to mamby-pamby land where maybe we can find some self-confidence for you, you jackwagon! Coming to you live from his padded cell, high atop Bethel Church, the most heralded, the most despised talk show in all of human history, this is the talk show Hell Hates. This is Pastor Mike Online. And here we are coming to you live today. Well, not quite live. Almost live. Uh, This is the talk show Hell Hates. And apparently uh, they're manifesting it today. Uh, Finally, the cold weather, cooler weather, has moved into our area. Uh, The problem is it brings a low pressure system with it. And um, if you don't understand air pressure... I understand a little bit of it. Uh, I, I should probably live in a hyperbaric chamber. Hyper means above, and baric is referring to barometric pressure—the the amount of air pressure. When you have high pressure, you've got clear skies, sun shining, everybody's happy, playing in the sun, whether it's warm or cold. When you have low pressure, that's when your storms come up, and uh, we get the mixture of these. Big cold fronts coming down from the Canadians, eh? You can tell because it has there's back the smell of back bacon in the air. And uh, <clears throat> then anyway, you get all this moisture from the Gulf of Mexico coming up and swirling around. and it, that's why you have such severe storms in Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, uh, Kansas, Missouri, uh, and then places in the lower south is for, going eastward. Um, because of that, that one weather area, when the low pressure meets the high pressure, when the cold air meets the hot air, and you get big noises. Anyway, um, it is taking its toll on me today. So I decided to start early and pre-record today so that in the case I feel worse, than I do now, I can still beat the devil and get out a a good, solid, helpful teaching from the Word of God, and that's what I want to do today. Um, I went on... um, Let me type this in again because I think I canceled out the page. Uh, I went to the... Uh, mo.gov website. This is the laws for the state of Missouri uh, regarding uh, marriage and and what constitutes a legal marriage. Now, uh, I've said this before, so it should be no surprise. Um, we we lost. Our state's rights, when the corrupt Supreme Court under Obama nullified the constitutional amendment voted in by an overwhelming majority, 80% to 20%, uh, that said there was actual amendment to the Missouri Constitution that said that marriage... Is a limited thing applying only to one male and one female. It's not marriage if it's two men, it's not marriage if it's two women. See, they wanted this right because they wanted to dirty up what marriage is. There's no doubt in my mind about it because I I sat in the courtroom um in a in a divorce proceeding where there were two. Uh, lesbian women, and they were there to get the judge to grant their divorce. Now, they had just recently got the right to get married. So these two almost children, I mean, they couldn't have been no more than 24, 25 years old. These two young girls went out and joined the marriage bandwagon. Ha! We beat all you conservative Rush Limbaugh people. We beat you guys, and we're going to show you we're going to get married. So they went and got married legally. And then less than a year, they're in this judge's courtroom, and they're still buddies. I mean, they were talking and laughing at each other you know during while they were waiting on their case to be called and and uh, they would just had big smiles on their face. I mean it wasn't like you know one of them's coming in with a bloody lip and the other one's coming in you know with a neck brace and yeah, we just don't get along. we hate each other we just got into a fight together It wasn't like that at all. They had a point to prove. they went and proved it and now they don't want to, they don't want each other for life. They pro- and they probably made a vow till death do us part. Well, what happened to that? So they were in there getting divorced, And the judge granted their divorce. And they just walked out merrily, happily. I and mean, then they probably went out on a date after that. And uh, so I, I'm like, they did it just to take it. Wad it up. And spit it out for everybody. And spoil The real meaning of marriage, biblical marriage. I'll try to get into that today, so I need to move along. Here's the Missouri website. This is mo.gov of what marriage is. A marriage license is issued by the Recorder of Deeds in each Missouri county and is valid only in Missouri. Marriage license applicants are not required to be Missouri residents. Both must appear... In person, before the recorder of deeds, or a deputy recorder of, uh, and present valid identification, or present valid identification. Now, time out here. You mean they have to prove who they are to get married. But they don't have to prove who they are to vote. Something's not right here. But anyway, and they, listen, I have, I have been there myself, okay? Lisa and I went and got a marriage license together years ago. I know where the office is. I know uh, I've, I've shown people where it was when we had different business to do uh, in, in Hillsboro, which is the county seat, and um, I know how it's done. The recorder of deeds or their deputy asks for their ID. They both pull out their driver's license. They, they show who they are, she verifies it, and records, they sign a book, they sign their name in a book, and uh, then they, uh, if I remember right, they, they swear an oath and say that they are uh, basically testifying that they are telling the truth and not presenting a false identity or something like that, and they have to swear an oath. And only then does the recorder of deeds or the deputy give them the marriage license, which then they have to either take it before a, a, um, a judge, either on the bench or retired, or a minister, either in ministry or retired. Now, let, me, let me finish reading the, the code here. Both must appear in person before the recorder of deeds or a deputy recorder and present valid identification containing date of birth along with a social security card to apply for a marriage license. Why a date of birth? Because of a of a situation here in the law that I'll, that I'll get to. Fees for a marriage license and copies may vary by county. I think in Jefferson County, last I checked, it was like 50, 75 bucks, something like that. For more information on marriage licenses and to find out what documentation is required, contact your county's recorder of deeds. Marriage laws. Here's the revised statutes. Applicants for a marriage license must be at least 18 years of age. This is to keep marriage to adults. Now, if you are a minor, less than the age of 18... Your parents can sign over permission for you to be married. But remember what I said Tuesday. I had a situation where I had a young couple that came to me and basically he wanted, the dad here wanted me to approve their fornication lifestyle. She was over 18. He was less than 18, I think 16 and a half, something like that. And I I told them, no, I'm not doing it. I am not going to um, put a stamp of approval on you guys' as wanting to play house and you wanting to commit a I'm not doing it. And um, so they, I mean, they came to church for a little while before that. And then when that popped up and I said, no, boom, they're gone. So anyway, um, applicants wishing to apply Oh, applicants who are younger than 18 must have consent from a custodial parent or guardian. Uh, applicants wishing to apply who are younger than 15 must obtain a circuit court order. That's to prevent pedos from marrying young girls or boys. And they'll do it too. They'll do it. If we let them do it, they'll do it. Applicants cannot be married already and may not be related by blood through and including first cousins. Now, what it says, applicants cannot be married already, which means that they, their legal status as of the date of the license being issued is that their marital status must be either single or divorced and single. They must be out of an existing legal marriage. You see, you understand now how, how this piece of paper, how this piece of paper here has so much power behind it. It has authority behind it. Once it's written out, Signed, which means we have given our seal of approval on it. Our seal is our signature. Once the uh, recorder of deeds has used the official seal of Jefferson County on all legal documents. Chunk. You like that sound effect? Chunk. Okay? It's pretty good, isn't it? Um, But anyway... Seal it with the official crimp of Jefferson County, Missouri and this document holds power because if you are still legally married by weight of this document because you are in a previous marriage and you are still in that marriage, you have not been granted a divorce making you free from what your marriage license already says. They just won't do it. And you can't bend, twist, renegotiate, or otherwise break this piece of paper in Jefferson County, Missouri. Can't be done. Just like the Word of God. It's written down. And now that it's written, and let me say this a marriage license represents the covenant that Lisa and I made with each other July 10th, 1987. So, since we made this covenant with each other and it's verified by a legal document saying that we are legally married to one another. We are the Beneficiaries of certain rights, certain blessings, um, certain restrictions, but we are the beneficiaries of what that represents. We are we enjoy marriage, and i I pray for anybody who doesn't see marriage that way as something to be enjoyed. And I know some people who are living that way, and I mean it's sad. OK, but if you are uh, some uh, anyway, if you're if you're already married and I had an uncle who died at like when he was 34 years old, a cirrhosis of the liver because he was such a bad alcoholic. He would be married to more than one woman at a time simply because he wanted to be in bed with him. I mean, that, that's just that's just who he was. And um, so anyway, that's that's family skeletons. Okay, We got them. So you cannot marry a blood relative and you cannot marry somebody who's already currently legally married. Legally married. So the situation where we had a a lady who with her boyfriend, and we're not talking about a young lady either. We're talking about a mature grown adult who with her boyfriend privately secretly, in the privacy of their cabin on a cruise, they didn't even get the captain of the ship involved. They just looked at each other, said some words. I have no idea what they said. Nobody does because there was not even, even in, any witnesses. So they just, they said, they told me that they did things and they got married and on and on and on. But they can't prove it. And so there's nothing absolutely nothing that stops him or her from finding another mate going out to be with that mate Let's say that let's say the guy he goes out and steps out on his what he calls a marriage She cannot sue him for spousal abandonment or she cannot sue him for adultery she cannot sue him for anything because she has no legal standing none he can go out and do whatever he wants to and my based upon what he told me I know for a fact that he has it in his mind if this thing goes bad with her I'm out of here And now I don't have to worry about, is she going to get my stuff or not? And that's he told me that. So you understand my trepidation at not wanting to join people who do not want proof, legal proof, that they're really married. I mean, if you move into an apartment, let's say there's a big apartment complex run by some company somewhere, you have no idea. You're able to break in that apartment and because it's so huge, it's like nobody will know. And you actually move into an apartment, furniture, you got pots and pans in there, you got toilet paper in the bathroom. You are moved in now. You are living in this dwelling place. You didn't sign a a lease agreement. You're not paying rent. You're not paying electricity. You're not paying cable or internet. You're not doing anything. But you're enjoying all this stuff. Do you have a legal standing to be living at this address? No, you're a squatter. And squatters, if you had a lease agreement, then it's more difficult to get you thrown out than it is if you just move in and take over a place. A judge can sign off that you're a squatter and you've got so many days to get your stuff out. And if you don't get it out, they will bring somebody over there and they will start hauling your stuff out to the sidewalk that's legal. They have a right to do that because you didn't legally enter into that property. So I hope you understand now where I'm coming from on this issue. If we apply this idea to property, why would we not want to apply it also to marriage? It's, it's a legal binding contract. And I think it's the binding part that you don't like. Uh, The license must be picked up prior to the marriage ceremony. The person performing the ceremony must have the license prior to the ceremony. The person performing the marriage ceremony shall return the license to the issuing recorder of deeds within 15 days. If a marriage ceremony does not occur, the license shall be void after 30 days from the date of issuance and notice that the wording of this statute is a wedding ceremony now i happen to have a, a book with different ministerial duties written therein baby dedications and so on and And uh, four or five different marriage ceremonies. Ranging from the one that I most commonly do, which is the full-on, you know, do you take this woman to be thy wedded wife? Who giveth this woman to be this man? Do you have a ring? Now say the vows. Now say vows over the ring. Now we're going to pray. And I, I mean, it's on and on. But then I also have this, do you take her? Yep. Do you take him? Yep. By the power granted me, by the Lord Jesus Christ in the state of Missouri, I pronounce you a man and wife. What God has joined together, let not man put asunder. You may kiss the bride. Boom. It's, and I've done that two or three times in all the years I've been doing this. And that's, that's legally binding. One of the couples that I did that for is a relative of mine. Okay, Not, not like my, one of my own kids, but I did that for a relative of mine. They didn't want a big, expensive thing. They just wanted to get married. They wanted to do what's right. And I'm, I said, yep, I'm all about doing right. Let's do right. And it was a short do right, but it was a do right. They're legally married now, and they enjoy the benefits of it. Uh, you have to ask yourself, if you decide to go through with a wedding that the state of Missouri does not recognize... In other words, you didn't ask a minister, you didn't ask a judge, you didn't even get Billy Bob from next door to come over and read something to you. You just said words to each other, you kissed, you smiled, went about your day or whatever. Ladies, if he dies, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Take his house? Your name's not on it. Are you going to live on his social security? Because there are what's called survivor's benefits. How do you get survivor's benefits? You are married to someone who has benefits and there's a stipulation in there that if he dies or she dies and there is a legal spouse, then they can receive of those benefits. I know this because this is what my mom went through. But if you are not legally married with a contract, you're out on the street. You're out on the street and you're penniless. You get nothing because I guarantee you his kids are going to show up. And say, dad promised that to me. Dad said I could have that. My dad said I could have that. My dad said I ha- I mean, we're, we're to split the estate between me and his sister. Guarantee you, you're going to... Call Reg Kelly. No, don't call Reg Kelly. But Reg Kelly is an auctioneer as well. And he has done numerous... Estate sales for people that have died. And he said, Mike, you want to see the worst coming out of people? He said, Come to a family estate sale. He said, The family fights non-stop, tooth and nail, over every little scrap that mom and daddy have in that house. And he said, It's it, it's absolute sickening to see people act that way. I gotta move on. Now, who can perform a marriage ceremony in Missouri? Marriages, this is the actual statute. Marriages may be solemnized by any clergyman. See, it's easy. Either active or retired, who is in good standing with any church or synagogue in this state. Marriages may also be solemnized without compensation by any judge, including a municipal judge. Marriages may also be solemnized by a religious society, religious institution or religious organization of this state according to the regulations and customs of the society, institution, or organization when either party to the marriage to be solemnized is a member of such society, institution, or organization. So in other words, they, they, they left it. You have options now. But here's what struck me. Is an acknowledgement by the Constitution of the state of Missouri that basically says that marriage overwhelmingly is a religious act. A religious one. Because practically, in Every culture, religious culture, there is almost always a marital right that brings them two together in the presence of witnesses, joined together by who they believe to be God. Now, that's the law of the state of Missouri. There is no allowance, as I said yesterday, uh, Tuesday, there is no allowance at all for common law marriage in Missouri unless the, unless you live in another state and they recognize your marriage as common law and legally binding and then you move to Missouri. You can claim that your marriage is legally binding because Missouri accepts other states' Legal marriages. Okay, that's, that's one of those laws where the state of Missouri says we're going to go along to get along. We're not trying to start another civil war here. So if you recognize it as a marriage, if they move here and becomes, become citizens of Missouri, residents of Missouri, then we will honor that marriage. Okay? So basically what, what I've been saying is this, this couple... They have no legal protections. Well, see, authority brings protection. When you sidestep that authority, you are taking yourself out of the, um, the safety that that authority brings, the protection that it brings. All right, now, Here it is in the Bible. John 2, verse 1. The third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. What was there? Oh, you mean it was on a specific day? You mean it was at a specific place? Uh, Are you saying, Pastor Mike, that there were other people there who witnessed it? Yeah. Yeah. That's what a marriage ceremony is. It's the place where the potential bridegroom, the potential bride, they come together by the tenets of their per- respective religious beliefs and practices. They are joined together in a ritualistic ceremony that's done so in the presence of two or more witnesses. And by the way, that's this law in Missouri. When I get a marriage license and I perform a marriage, I always, and I do this, I don't just sign it in my office beforehand and then just pass it around to whoever wants to sign it. I gather them over to me and say, I want you to witness, I'm going to affix my signature on this marriage license. I want you to witness that it was me that signed it. Why do I do that? simply because that's what the law says. I mean, I could get by with it, I guess, but I don't want to. I respect the law. And so, I I think that if the law says that I'm going to if I put my signature down, you should have at least two people witness that who witnessed the ceremony. And their names written down. Their signature, their seal of approval on that marriage. Out of the mouth of two Right? Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So, on the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. The mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. So, we got Mary, we've got the 12 disciples, and we have Jesus. That's at least 14 marriages or 14 witnesses least that jesus gave his approval and blessed and beatified marriage by him showing up being part of the witness crowd that witnessed the nuptials and I, you could say, well, they didn't have marriage license back then. No, and I can't tell you and make something up that says, well, you know, they did this. And I, I don't know. I just know that the reason for having witnesses there was to testify of the fact that, the, that they were married by the customs and rights of their religion. They were joined in matrimony together. Under Jewish law, that was binding. Under Roman law, it was binding. Under American law, it's binding. Um, Hebrews 13, oh, yeah, Hebrews 13, 4. Marriage is honorable. And the bed, undefiled. Listen, people. The marital bed is the outside of the word of God is the most attacked thing that God ever established in this world, is it not? If it ain't, it's running a very close second place because it's attacked everywhere, and now it's being attacked by so called conservative people, right wing people because they've come up with this idea that because all these states now approve gay weddings and gay marriages and give licenses to them, that that somehow means that if I get married, then I'm associating with them. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No more than if there was a, if there was a, if there was a lesbian married couple in the car in front of you at McDonald's and you found out that they ordered the exact same food as you did for breakfast. Does receiving that food and eating it constitute you being a partaker of someone else's evil deeds? No! So, I do. I suspect I suspect that anybody who does not, I mean, and is Adam about I ain't getting no marriage license I think that person wants a way out almost guarantee you Revelation nineteen seven. let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the look here the marriage of the lamb has come did there listen there's fixing to be a ceremony in heaven people with who giveth this woman to be married to this man And God the Father says, I do. Because we are the bride of Jesus Christ. Now, we are betrothed. We haven't had the marriage yet. But it's coming. The marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife hath made herself ready, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. That's very important that you understand that that the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints and not the righteous deeds of the saints. There is a difference. And the new translations say righteous acts or righteous works or righteous deeds. And they're wrong. Totally wrong. Blatantly wrong. Wrong, wrong. And he saith unto me, Right, blessed are they. Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. Woo! And he saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God. So in Matthew 22, again, everything that you're seeing here, there is an actual marriage ritual being performed. Now, the Bible does not contain any such script on the words to say to marry people. The Bible does not have that. And I went for several years, uh, I had a free will Baptist minister's manual, and I would you know, do the things that that manual said. So I had four marriage ceremonies in there, but then I saw one on the internet and it looked better than the one I had. So I just typed it up and changed it. I can do that. Now, I still left, you know, the the core things in there, including, like I said, Tuesday, the lady says obey. Simple as that. So what you're seeing here, again, in Matthew 22, is a marriage ceremony, a ritual of someone performing the marriage. You don't just look at each other and say, you feel married now? Yeah, I kind of feel married. Okay, we're married. Yeah, you're not married. Where's all the pictures at? You paid a guy good money to take 500 plus pictures. Where's the pictures at? Where's the ring? Where's the license? Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a certain king which made, look here, made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding and they would not come. Again he sent forth other servants saying tell them which are bidden behold I have prepared my dinner mine oxen and my fatlings are killed and all things are ready come unto the marriage. But they made light of it and went on their ways, and one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth. And he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready. But they which were bidden were not Worthy. Mm. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. I suppose there's no shame like the shame Of planning a big wedding, inviting hundreds of people, less than 15 actually show up. And you've got all that shrimp and roast beef on the table. And no one to eat it. Um, Guys, ladies, they build this thing up. Okay, they do. And uh, that's That's enjoyable to me. My wife wanted certain things at her wedding. And to my knowledge, I mean, I was kind of foolish back then. But I finally said, you know, let her her pick everything out for the wedding. Let her design it. So I let her do it. Now, look at this, Matthew 25. Again, he's comparing the kingdom of heaven likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise. Five of them were Democrats. Gotcha. Five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. How dumb. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made. At the midnight cry, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps and went out. But the wise answered, saying, Oh no, excuse me, I missed part of it. Then all the virgins, verse 7, then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. Get your own oil. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. And afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Mm. Watch, therefore, for you know, uh, you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Again, a blatant acknowledgement by God that if it's a marriage, it ought to have a wedding ceremony. It's that simple. Then we get into betrothal, which is... Actually, in, um, in Hebrew law, betrothal is just as binding as marriage is. An arrangement was made or uh, the little girl said, Mama, I think he's cute. Can, can, I, can he come and talk to me and court me and things like that? And if it was agreed upon by the families, then they were betrothed to each other. Mary was betrothed to Joseph. And if you remember, Joseph understood that betrothal was as legally binding as a marriage. Judge Judy always says that if, if some guy goes out, spends four or $5,000 on an engagement ring, She's of the opinion that if the girl breaks off the engagement, then she has to give the ring back or pay the guy what it was worth. And I've seen more than one case where the woman said, when judge would say, I I want the ring, give me the ring. He's getting it back. And the girl says, well, I don't have it anymore. Judge Judy would say, well, that's too bad for you. How much was it worth? That was worth about $8,000. I can only give you $5,000, but I'm giving him $5,000 because you entered into an agreement with him that you did not keep in accepting his offer of marriage. Not bad. Not bad for a little Jewish woman. Uh, But look at what betrothal is. And the man wondering at her held his his peace to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous. This is uh, Eleazar, the servant to Abraham, who's going out to find a bride for Isaac. Verse 22, And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels weight of gold. Very expensive stuff. Then Laban, down in verse 50, Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The thing proceeded from the Lord. We cannot speak unto thee, bad or good. Behold, Rebekah is before thee. Take her and go. Let her be thy master's son. As the Lord has spoken. And it came to pass that when Abraham's servant heard their words, he worshiped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. And the servant brought forth jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment and gave them to Rebecca mm. He gave also to her brother and to her mother precious things. Did Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, all of these good saints that we have in the Bible, did they honor? Marriage. They honored marriage by honoring the betrothal that joined these two people together in a binding oath that said, I will wait for you, you will wait for me when it's God's time and our parents say, okay, then we're going to join together. And that's how it's going to be. Deuteronomy 20, verse 7. what man is there that hath betrothed the wife and hath not taken her? Let him go and return unto his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man take her. Pretty simple. Now, ooh, I like this. And I'm, uh, I think I might finish with this. Hosea chapter, in fact, the whole book of Hosea. I would strongly encourage you to read that. Because Hosea is given a job to do by God. God wants Hosea to seek out a harlot. And in this case, the harlot's name uh, was Gomer. And so God told Hosea, I want you to go and I want you to betroth her. And and then I want you to marry her uh, because I'm going to bless her and I'll bless you for this. Well, Hosea went from following a commandment of God to actually loving this woman. He loved her, even though her name was Gomer. He loved her. And so, Hosea thinks that he can change Gomer's life by loving her. That she will give up her uh, lascivious ways. She'll give that up. But, the longer they're together, the more he sees that she's still got all the old habits, the old ways, the old sins. They're all there. And um, eventually, she just quit coming home. So he sends the two children out that he's not sure if they're even his kids or not. And they come back and said, Daddy, we found, we found Mom. Yeah, where is your Ma? Uh, they've got her stripped down there to county seat in the um, town square, and they're selling her in the slave market. Now, Hosea had a right at this point to write her a bill of divorce. Now, you say, well, you know, God forbids that. Really? God did it. God did it. God betrothed himself to Israel, but Israel went whoring around all the time, and so God finally said, I'm done, and he wrote Israel a bill of divorce, handed it to her. So here's the same thing. Hosea says, in that day I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field and with the fowls of heaven and with the creeping things of the ground and I will break the bow and the sword and the battle out of the earth and I will make them to lie down safely. And I will betroth thee unto me forever. He's talking about Israel. Yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness forever. And in mercies. Let's count that. I betroth thee unto me in righteousness, in judgment, in loving kindness, and mercies. mm mm -mm. You get it. Okay? Four things, four Gospels. That's what I'm looking for. Uno momento por favor. All right. Now, back at the ranch. Ah, here in the book of Ruth, look what we have. Boaz said unto the elders and unto all the people, Ye are what? Witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilean's and Malin's at the hand of Naomi. If you remember, Elimelech was her husband. He died. She thought then the inheritance would be brought through Chilion. He died malon he died so all she had was these two daughters um the wives of chilean and malon and she says go back home go serve baal do whatever it is you people do and it was ruth that said "Whither thou goest, i'll go verse 10 moreover ruth the moabitess the wife of malon have i purchased to me my have i purchased to be my wife to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren. And from the gate of his place ye are witnesses this day. And all the people that were in the gate, and the elders said, We are witnesses. The Lord make the woman that is come into thine house, like Rachel and like Leah, which uh, too did build the house uh, of Israel, and do thou worthily in Ephrata, and be famous in Bethlehem. And let thy house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bare unto Judah, of the seed which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife, and went he in unto her. And the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. Whose son is she going to have? She's going to have a son. That's who it goes back to, Elimelech. So now his line, his bloodline is carried forth once again. Boy, God's a good God. Mm-mm. Now, I'll say this one thing and then I'll go. Just because, and remember, I, I heard a guy teach this one time, years ago. And it didn't sound right to me. And that was the Holy Ghost saying, Mike, when you read this, you'll understand. So Judah had uh, a son that he um, gave in marriage to a woman by the name of Tamar. That's whose name is up there. And this son died. I think his name was Er. And when Er died, then Judah said to Onan, Onan, you're up to bat. I know this may not be the woman you want, but I need you to raise up seed for your brother. Well, Onan didn't want to do that. That made him mad. So he Bible says I'm just quoting the text here he spilled a seed on the ground and God killed him for it. Uh and not not because he practiced birth control. That that that's just not there. It's the fact that God was God was later on going to put it in the law. This is what you have to do. When you got a brother that dies, somebody's got to raise up seed for that guy. And um So anyway, I mean, it was important to them back then. And God killed Onan because he violated that. So uh, Judah had one more son, but he was young. And he says to Tamar, go back to live at your father's house until this boy grows up to a man. And then I will give you to him and he shall be your wife. And then you guys can have all the babies you want. Uh, But then that boy of Judah's got old and Judah did not fulfill his word to Tamar. So he goes and he takes his, you know, I don't know where the son went. But when Tamar found out that Judah was not going to let her have Judah's youngest son, she said, well, I'll get him for that. So and we pick it up in Genesis 38:13, and it was told Tamar saying, "Behold thy father-in-law goeth up to Timnath to shear his sheep." And she put her widow's garments off from her, covered her with a veil, and wrapped herself, and sat in an uh, open place, which is, by the way, to Timnath, for she saw that Shelah was grown, and she was not given unto him to wife. When Judah saw her, He thought her to be a harlot. Hmm, I wonder why he thought that. Uh, Because she had covered her face. So, was it like a prerequisite to be a harlot back then that you had to be ugly and they covered your face? I don't know, but let's move on. Verse 16, he turned unto her by the way and said, Go to, I pray thee, let me come into thee. For he knew not that she was his daughter-in-law. And she said, "What wilt thou give me, that thou mayest come into me?" And he said, "I will, I will send thee a kid from the flock." And she said, "Wilt thou give me a pledge? Till thou send it." And he said, "What pledge shall I give thee?" And she said, "Thy signet, and thy bracelets, and thy stamp that is in thine hand." In other words, his ring that had J, uh, Judah's seal on it. It's how he sealed documents his signet, his bracelets, and his staff. No mistaking this. Um, And she arose and went away and laid by her veil from her and put on the garments of her widowhood. So in verse 24, and it came to pass about three months after that, that it was told Judah saying, Tamar thy daughter-in-law hath played the harlot. And also behold, she is with child by whoredom. Judas said, bring her forth and let her be burnt. When she was brought forth, she sent to her father-in-law saying, by the man whose these are, am I with child? And she said, discern, I pray thee, whose are these? The signet and bracelets and staff. They were all Judas. And Judah acknowledged him and said, she hath been more righteous than I because that I gave her not to Sheila, my son, and he knew her again no more. Now, the lesson here, very quick. Hang on one second. All right. Just because a man lays with a woman, or vice versa, that in itself does not constitute marriage. It doesn't. And I'm going to add this to it. And I can back it up with scriptures. Um, I'm hoping it's in John 6. Am I right? No, 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 I can't. Anyway, you remember the woman at the well? Is that John 6 or John 4, maybe? Yeah. The woman that went to Jesus at the well, and uh she wants, you know, to she wants water from the well, and Jesus said, I've got water that you know not of, and if you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. And she says, Give me this water. So he blesses her and and uh talks about uh right here. Um, verse 16, Jesus said unto her, go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband for thou hast had five husbands and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. You see, just shacking up and playing house does not make you husband and wife. It doesn't. And I've heard people say this. Well, God only recognizes the first marriage. If you get married after that, you're living in a constant state of adultery. Now, they're guessing on this. They're making stuff up. Because not even Jesus would accept that argument. When he sent her to go tell her husband, he knew exactly who he was talking to. And um, when he sent her to go tell her husband, she said, I've had five husbands. And Jesus said, you have well said. You have no husband. You see what I'm saying? Jesus did not say to her, well, you need to go back to the first one because that's the only one I recognize. He did not say that. He let her divorce, 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 divorce. And when he says, go get your husband, she said, I'm not married. Jesus said, you're you're saying it right, girl. You're saying it right. You're not married. This guy that you have is not your legal husband. Christ didn't recognize him as a husband. Just because they were in the household together, just because some law somewhere says they are domestic partners, because they're living under the same roof, and so on. That does not make you married. It doesn't. So anyway, uh, that's about all I can... uh, Give out today. Let's end it with some different music. Where the soul never dies.